0: of light, a cloud of dust, and a haughty high old silver, the Lone Ranger. With his faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Get on your way. Get on your way with Wheaties. Sort of gives a guy a lift knowing that champions are made, not born. For instance, let's trace the inspiring story of Al Rosen, famed Cleveland Indian slugger. Let's go back when Al was small, an average boy, no champ at all. He practiced hitting, third base play, and ate his Wheaties every day, just as champs get on their way. Today, Al smacks that ball a mile, been eating Wheaties all this while. Why, Al Rosen's been eating Wheaties since he was a little guy, 22 years ago. Plenty of power all right in Wheaties. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties plate. Now, Al Sparken, here's a pitch. Hey, 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 He's on his way, on his way. He's on his way, on his way. Get on your way with Wheaties. Cause champions are made, not born. Yes, sir. Get on your way, get on your way. Get on your way with Wheaties. Breakfast of champions. In Texas, the Lone Ranger and Toto frustrated an attempt to steal a shipment of gold and capture the outlaws. After turning over the gold and the captured crooks to railroad detectives, the masked man and his Indian friend started east to meet Dan Reed, the Lone Ranger's teenage nephew. They rode hard all day. Darkness was falling when they reached the hills on the outskirts of Mercersville. There, the Lone Ranger signaled a halt.
1: Hold over, oh, oh,
0: We'll camp here, Toto. Uh,
1: we still seven, eight hours' ride from Mulehide. Dan expects me to meet us there in the morning.
0: We've traveled hard. Scouts and Silver need a rest. Uh. We'll send word to Dan. I'll write a message for you to take to the Western Union office. It'll be waiting for Dan when he reaches Mulehide in the morning. That's good. I'll make camp while you're gone. Dan Reed was among the passengers who got off the westbound train at Mulehide the following morning. looked up and down the station platform for Toto. When he didn't see his Indian friend, he went inside the unpainted wooden building. The station master looked at him quizzically. Uh, what can I do for you, youngster? Nothing, thanks, sir. I'm waiting for a friend of mine to uh, meet me. What's your name? Dan Reed. Uh, came in on the westbound train, huh? Well, yes, why? Uh, I thought so when I saw you carrying that handbag. I have a telegram for you. Oh, for me? Yep. it's addressed to Dan Reed, care of Mulehide Station Master. Smart uh, hold for arrival. There you are, lad. Oh, thanks. If you hadn't come in to claim it, I'd have had to go looking for you. Yeah, I hope it isn't bad news. Oh, it's a message from my friend. Oh, yeah? He'll be a few hours later than he expected. He wants me to wait for him at the telegraph office. The Western Union office is a building down the tracks a ways. Turn left when you leave here, and you can't miss it. Thanks. Uh, Smokey Vaughn will be on duty. Before going to the telegraph office, Dan decided to have breakfast. In the Silver Dollar Cafe, while he waited for his meal, he read a newspaper he had bought in Denver. He didn't notice a man named Cheeto, who had been a fellow passenger on the westbound train, enter the cafe. Looking neither to the right nor the left, the tall, heavily bearded traveler strode toward a room at the rear of the dining room. Two men were there waiting for him. The two gunslingers who welcomed him were named Elk and Brush. hi, Cheeto. Glad you got here. Elk and I have been waiting for you. Take a look at this newspaper I picked up in Denver. Hmm. What about it? What about the stage robber you pulled from the hills west of Denver a week ago? How'd you know? The whole story's here in this newspaper. And there's a doggone good description of both of you. But how'd the they get The driver lived long enough to describe you. Then the law wants Brush for murder. You're as guilty as he is. I didn't shoot them. Brush is the one who... Tell does. that to a jury. I should have known better to count on you two for helping a gold robbery. Now, hold on, deal. Cheeto. If you think you can back out on it. I'm going through with it. You'd better. Rush and I have traveled a long way to be on hand for this job, Bosch. After we read your letter, we figured you had a big plans. And the plans are completed. Fifty thousand dollars in golden currency will be on the eastbound train when it leaves Texas. Oh, when's it leave? A man named Jackson will send a wire from Texas to let us know. Why well, he's local? Be sending you a telegram about the shipment. Mm-hmm. As soon as the train's robbed, the law'll look for you. The telegrams to be sent to railroad officials in Denver. He'll send the message at ten o'clock this morning. Now to reach Denver, it'll have to go through the Mulehide office. Uh, how we get it? Elk knows the Western Union code. Sure, I studied it. Well, but you I... and Brush are going to the Western Union office, and you'll be there when the message comes through. Oh, aye, aye, aye Sammy. As soon as Elk hears the message, we'll know when to move. Right. Uh... We'll head west for Mulehide. Now, Brush, you and I'll board the train as it starts up the grade at Bent's Mountain. Hold guns on the engineer, force him to stop. Elk will follow along the tracks with the horses. The robbery will be a cinch. Now, when we've got the golden cash, we'll take it to a cave in Sulphur Flats. We'll hide out there until it's safe to move. Providing we stay out of jail long enough to leave Mulehide with a description of us in that newspaper. You needn't worry about this newspaper. The folks in town buy those papers off the train. Those papers were sold out a long time before the train reached Mulehide. I bought and destroyed every one of them. So you're in the clear. For a while, at least. But you'll have to be on guard. Now, keep your guns handy when you go to the Western Union office. I'll meet you there later. You want us to head for the telegraph office now? Oh, there's no need to go there before 10 o'clock. If you boys haven't eaten, I'll buy you a meal. Oh, yeah. well, we've been on short rations. Well, call a waiter. We'll give him our order. <laughs> It nearly 9.30 when Dan Reed finished breakfast. He tucked the newspaper he'd been reading into his pocket, paid his bill, and left the cafe. A short time later, he entered the telegraph office where a young operator named Smokey Vaughn was on duty. Dan introduced himself and explained that he would like to wait outside the building for his Indian friend. Smokey protested... No, there's no need to wait outside. Sit down right here and make yourself at home. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Talked like an Easterner. Is this your first trip west? No, I, I've been in school in the east. Oh, you must have come in on the westbound train. Yes, I did. Uh, I wish I were going out on the eastbound. Nothing ever happens in Mulehide. How long have you been here? Six months. So far, I haven't seen any western bad men or savage Indians. <laughs> Too bad you weren't on the westbound stage from Denver a week ago. Why? What happened? Two Western bad men shot and robbed the driver in the car. Yeah? Now, here's a Denver newspaper with the whole story. Hmm, let's see it. Go ahead and read it. Smoky Vaughn was reading the account of the robbery and murder when Elkin Brush reached the telegraph office. He looked up from the borrowed paper and gasped. What? What? The two outlaws caught his look of wide-eyed surprise. It was reflected in the expression on Dan Reed's face, for he too recognized the newcomers, as the murderers described in the newspaper story. Then Elk saw the masthead of the newspaper in Smokey's hands. That's Denver paper, huh? Smokey dropped it and reached for his yeah, gun. Why not let him I say you covered? Elk, what's the idea of pulling a gun? This is brass. How to recognize this? Huh? Take a look at the paper he was reading. Hey, it's the same as the one Cheeto brought from Denver. Yeah. Are you... You're killers. I'll blow your head off if you call for help. That goes for you, too, youngster. Get your hands up. All right. Cheeto said none of those papers reached Mule. He made a mistake. I'll keep these two covered. You get Cheeto. Bring him back here on the double. A few minutes later, Brush returned to the Western Union office with Cheeto. The big man's face was flushed with suppressed anger, and his voice was sharp as he asked Smokey, Where'd you get that newspaper? Well, I... I Maybe uh, a pistol whipping will loosen your tongue. Well, I... I, stole I, it. I gave him the paper. Oh, where'd you get it? In Denver. Denver? Hey, I but... recognize this youngster. He got off the train ahead of me. How many newspapers did he have on him when he got off the train? You'd better answer that question, youngster. Don't tell I'm... him anything, Dan. Maybe he'd rather see us put a bullet through you. No, no, don't shoot him. Then Talk. That's the only paper I had. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Why would I want more than one newspaper? You figure he's telling the truth, Cheeto? Whether he is or not, we got to move fast.
1: Tie and gag these two. I'll keep them covered. Right, for
0: the Telegraph. Key. I'll take care of But if them. someone comes to the office... And I'll might... tell him I took over for you while you went to get a meal. Oh, still. And just to make the story convincing... We get you and the boy out of sight. We ought to shoot him and be done with it. A shot would bring everyone in town here to investigate. Yeah, but they'll talk. We'll be out of town before they have a chance. <laughs> now make those ropes tight, Brush. All right. Hey. Oh, that'll hold you, mister. Now I'll tie this bandana across your mouth. Crux can't get away with breaking into a Western Union office. Oh,
1: oh, oh. Giant. Giant. Oh. <laughs> there.
0: Now wrap him on the head with your gun barrel. What for? If he's unconscious, he can't hear the telegraph key. All right, Sammy. Oh,
1: do oh. Whoa!
0: Well, that did it. Yeah, he's unconscious. Drag him into the storeroom brush and keep an eye on him. If he shows any sign of coming to, hit him again. What about the boy? Want me to knock him out, too? There's no need to worry about him understanding the telegraph code. Elk will put ropes and a gag on him and then haul him into the storeroom with his pal. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting themes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
1: Hi, Mel Allen talking. You know, as a sports announcer, I've seen hundreds of champions, and I'm convinced champions are made, not born. For instance, let me tell you about professional tennis champion Jack Kramer. To stay on top, Jack practices hours every day, just as hard as he practiced when he was a youngster. And Jack's been eating Wheaties since he was 11. And take Bob Lemon of the Cleveland Indians. Sure, his fast-breaking curve fools plenty of batters, but he started developing that curve back in high school. And Bob, too, was eating Wheaties then. You see, Bob and Jack knew to get on their way, they had to work hard, practice, and eat right. Wheaties I'm talking about. What's so special about Wheaties? I'll tell you something about these flakes. They're not a dainty nothing type dish. No, sir. Wheaties are solid feet under the table food. Man food. And here's why. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. It's true. Champions are made, not born. Get on your way with Wheaties Breakfast of Champions.
0: to continue Dan Reed knew that a rap on the head with a gun barrel would quickly silence him if he tried to call for help so he decided to make the best of the situation as long as he remained conscious there was a chance to learn more about Cheeto's plans he made no protest as Brush tied and gagged him then dragged him to the office storeroom Brush stayed in the storeroom to make sure Smokey did not regain consciousness Dan listened tensely as the telegraph key began to sound. Yes, it is, there's The message we're waiting for.
1: I'm sure you get it. Brush, is that telegraph operator conscious? No. If he comes to, crack him on ahead. I don't want him to hear this message.
0: The Lone Ranger had taught Dan the Morse code several years ago, and the boy had learned the lesson well. He could send and receive telegraph messages easily and quickly. Now, as Brush watched Smokey then concentrated on the closely spaced dots and dashes. Here it is, Keto. I wrote it down. You're good. We're all set. Come on, Rock. What about these two? Lock the storeroom and leave them there. By the time they're found, we'll be a long way from town. But if a posse starts we have cover our tracks, but the boy and the operator might talk. Of course they'll talk. They'll tell the law we were here, but they can't tell them any more than Yeah, I reckon you're right. There's no way for them to know that we're going to ride... Shut up. up. The youngster will hear you. Lock that door, and we'll hit the saddle and clear out of here. Right. After the key turned in the storeroom door, Dan heard the three men leave the office. A moment later, they rode away. Several hours passed before anyone entered the isolated telegraph office. Then Dan and Smokey heard the outer door open. Dan raised his feet and pounded his boot heels against the storeroom door.
1: Help!
0: Help! Quick steps crossed to the door. Help! The door rattled. Then Dan heard Toto call.
1: Hi! you ain't fired? In answer
0: to his friend's question, Dan pounded the door again. Toto understood.
1: Me break door, now?
0: Toto threw his weight against the locked door. He hit it with his shoulder once, twice. As he struck it the third time, the wood splintered. A moment later, the Indian was inside Dad. the storeroom. Let me take gags from out there. Let me cut ropes. There, there, gag out. Oh, um, gosh, thanks, Tana. Are you hurt, Dan? No, no, I'm all right. Uh, who? Who that girl uh, The telegraph operator three crooks came here. They tied us and locked us in the storeroom. Uh, you're free now, Dan. Uh, why crooks tie you an operator? We recognized two of them as the outlaws who robbed the westbound stage out of Denver last week. The law wants them for shooting the garden driver. Oh, take your gag out. Uh, uh-huh. uh, me you. you said there were three crooks, Dan. Who, other fella? Well, his pals uh, called him Cheeto. I don't know who he is. All three of them were waiting for a telegraph message. They left here as soon as they got it. Thanks for cutting my ropes. You're welcome. Uh, you, uh, what telegraph message you talking? about? It was sent by a man named Jackson in Texas. He said the eastbound train left on schedule with a fortune in gold and currency in the express car. Ah, me know about that shipment. But, Dan, I didn't hear any message like that. Are you sure of what you're saying? You were knocked out so you couldn't hear it, Smokey. I suppose Brush would have knocked me unconscious, too, if he'd suspected that I know the telegraph code. Well, maybe so... But why would those three be interested in an eastbound gold shipment unless they had... Hey, do you figure they'll rob that train? It's sound that way. Dan, you go to sheriff office and tell them what happened here. Right. Where's the Lone Ranger? Him wait for us in hills west of town. Me go tell them about Crooks. What? Did you say the Lone Ranger? That's right. Dan, do you know the Lone Ranger? Yes, Smokley. But why didn't you tell me you... Oh. What's wrong? Things are moving too fast for me. A couple of hours ago, I was complaining that nothing ever happened in Mulehide. Since then, I've had enough excitement to last the rest of my life. Now I find out that the Lone Ranger's around here. We see you in town later, Dan. All right, Tyler I'll get busy at the telegraph key and send warnings about those crooks to towns east and west of here. <laughs> uh, what the? They've cut the wire. I'll have to repair it before I can send any messages out of here. I'll see you later, Smokey. I'm going to the sheriff. All right. I'll start work. Get oh! Cuddle raced away from the office toward the hills. Dan ran along the tracks toward town. In his hand, he carried the Denver newspaper the three crooks had overlooked in their haste to get away. He passed the railroad station and continued running until he reached Mule Hyde's main street. Then, slowing to a fast walk, he hurried to the sheriff's office. As he mounted the steps, the door of the office opened and Sheriff Hedges appeared in the doorway. Uh, Slow down, lad. What's your trouble? Oh, there's plenty of trouble, Sheriff. It started at the telegraph office. Three men came in while Smokey was reading this newspaper. We recognized two of them as killers. Meanwhile, Toto had given the Lone Ranger a complete report of what had happened. When he finished speaking, the masked man said, Toto, that's the shipment we recovered from Crooks a week ago. That's right. Shipment leave express office in Texas. Late last night. Aboard the eastbound train. Ah, Train still long way from Mulehide. Yes, and before it reaches town, it'll climb the grade at Ben's Mountain. And that plenty of good place for a holdup. The train will travel up that grade slowly. It'll be a simple matter for those men to board it. Uh, damn, go to sheriff. Tell him about Crook's plan. Maybe sheriff get posse and follow Crook's. Yes, but they have a head start. The time the sheriff is ready to go after them. The robbery may be over easy, city big fellow. Come on, fellow. Uh, and where are we going? The bench routing. We try to head off train? Yes, and there's no time to lose. Montella. Come on, fellow. Come up town. Silver-shod hoops pounded the planes. Mile after mile was covered as the Lone Ranger urged the great horse, Mon-s'le. The masked man looked at his watch. Time was growing short. We've got to reach the mountain ahead of the train. Faster, big fellow, faster! The gallant silver responded with a burst of speed that left Tonto and Scout far behind. As they approached Bent's mountain, the Lone Ranger heard the whistle of the eastbound train. Come on, Silver! They reached the crest of Bent's Mountain and started down the slope as the speeding train raced toward the grade. The Lone Ranger guided Silver to the shelter of trees paralleling the tracks. Then, halfway down the steep hill, he slowed the mighty horse to a halt. Hold easy, Steady! He swung from the saddle and drew his guns. Below him on the slope, three men emerged from a place of concealment among the trees. Their faces were covered with bandanas. As they moved toward the train, the masked man fired. A bullet brushed Cheeto's shoulder. Cheeto grabbed his wounded shoulder as Elk and Brush whirled to face the attack. Elk's gun roared and Brush was about to fire, but Tato had joined the fight. His gun at the lone race. A silver bullet smashed Elk's weapon while Brush stared at the wound in his gun hand. Cheeto tried desperately to rally his companions. While there was still time... Blast them, let him! Them let him have it! Kill him down! We gotta board that train! No my hand! I'm hit! My gun smacked! Ah, you fool! Though he was wounded in the shoulder, Cheeto made one last effort to kill the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Stop that cutter off, break your arm! I'll get you! No! Cheeto's bullet ripped the sleeve of the masked man's shirt. My arm!
1: My arm is broken!
0: You were warned. You were oh. to No, Tonto. train reached Tallahassee Hill. Oh. Oh. Yes, we reach Mulehide safely. Oh, you... oh these heart. three. Take the guns and tie them, oh, Tonto. Yeah. take them back to town. Oh. On their way back to town with the prisoners, the Lone Ranger and Tonto met Sheriff Hedges and a six-man posse. They took charge of the prisoners. Then the sheriff said... Mr., I reckon you were the mask man Dan Reed told me about. Yes, I am, Sheriff. Okay. Well, I'm proud to meet you. And incidentally, the lad's waiting for you at the telegraph office with Smokey Vaughn. I do I'll go there at once. And maybe we'll see you there later. I hope so. Come on, Tonto. Are you ready, Kimo Sammy? Adios, Sheriff. Go long and thank
1: you. Monster! Monster! Oh, when are we going to get to this doctor?
0: All right, boys. Let's take these critters to jail. Right, right? Sheriff. I told I you on, we should have... Kill that boy and the telegraph operator, Cheeto? I'd have killed him myself if I'd have known things would work out this way. Oh, I never figured they weren't cahoots with an engine and a mask, man. <laughs> Not just a mass man, Elk. That man's a lone ranger. I don't Oh, hey!
1: He can really hit that line. He's the star because he
0: knows. He's got gold power from Cheerios. Yes, he's got gold power. There he goes. <gasps> he's feeling his Cheerios. 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 Want gold power? You'll get it from Cheerios. That's right. The delicious O-shaped cereal does good things for your body when you have it every morning in a big bowl of milk here's why. Every spoonful of Cheerios and milk contains vitamins, minerals, and proteins your body needs. So a Cheerios breakfast helps give you healthy nerves, good red blood, strong bones and muscles. Enjoy Cheerios every breakfast. Then you'll hear, he's feeling his Cheerios. copyrighted feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated is created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of The Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer, your announcer, Fred Foy. Ranger is brought to you by General Mills every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at this same time. Be sure to listen. This recorded program
1: has come to you from Detroit. This is ABC Radio Network.